This is Platform Alchemy, the podcast that turns clouds into gold. Are you paying too much for AWS? Are you finding it confusing? Are you finding Azure confusing as well? Well, stick around because in this episode, we are going to be looking at ditching AWS and Azure as your cloud provider and looking at alternatives. So let's see what we can do with some smaller cloud providers. Today, I run into an article from ServiceStack and I am linking this in the show notes where the author outlines their having taken a look at their cloud spending for one of the products that they use. The title of the article is In Pursuit of the Best Value Cloud Provider in the US. And they are talking about migrating one of their offerings from DigitalOcean to Hetzner Cloud. But that prompted my thought of looking into how much AWS costs and how much Azure costs and what we can do about it. Because that's not the only thing that's wrong with uh, AWS and the uh, Azure for certain applications. So why would anyone ditch AWS and why would anyone consider looking at the alternatives? It's, you know, it's really simple, to be honest. It's uh, most prominently, it's, it's the cost that makes most people have a, have a look around. But that's not the only thing. The second most important factor is performance. Based on what the uh, article says, the author had a look around and compared some offerings from AWS, four cores, eight gigabytes of RAM, uh, some traffic uh, included for their demo site. And they were paying $40 for DigitalOcean, which was then increased to 48 which prompted this person to have a look at what alternatives exist and landed on Hetzner Cloud. But they also looked at the same performance on AWS as well. And they found that for their use case, given some limitations and some factors, they were saving some order of magnitude, some 3000% between AWS and Hetzner Cloud. And that made me think like how, what sort of application do you need to have? What sort of application should you be running to even look at getting away from AWS? AWS is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Most people know about it. Most DevOps engineers know about it. And if it's not AWS that they use, it's Azure or GCP or Oracle Cloud, God forbid. But some of the big hyperscale clouds are prominently featured in the cloud strategy of most bigger companies. The author of the article says that one of the most important price factors for choosing Hetzner Cloud was the included 20 terabytes of egress data that they were receiving as part of just provisioning the server that they use, which was uh, $15 for for the kind of performance that they needed. And for the $15 of, of uh, server that they were buying, they got 20 terabytes of egress. 20 terabytes of egress would have cost, according to this author, about $1,800 for the month. And ingress is not metered. 
ingress is not something that uh, Hetzner charges for. So that is zero dollars. That's nice to have. And, and the second thing on top of price is performance. Now, when you buy an EC2 instance, you get some sort of a performance. You mostly know what you want, mostly know what you need and are familiar with the offerings and you plan accordingly. However, you might not be used to what is available on smaller cloud providers. These small cloud providers like Hetzner, DigitalOcean, Scaleway come with some benefits that most cloud engineers rarely ever think about and that is faster disks, faster CPU cores, maybe CPU cores that are not server intended, like not Xeon CPUs, not Epic CPUs from AMD. Maybe they are off-the-shelf, consumer-grade 3000 series AMD Ryzen CPUs. And for certain applications, you are probably better off with the off-the-shelf product because you definitely get faster cores you are given access to some chips, some parts that offer high clock frequency, high cache amount processing as compared to the server parts. That might not be something that you want, but it might be something that you do want. When you build an AWS, and I'm going to keep returning to this, is that you have managed services for everything. You get managed logging, you get managed audit trails, you get managed access control, you get managed load balancers, managed SQL servers, anything you can think of, AWS already has a solution for. However, you might not need that service for what you're building. Many people do need them. I used to work for a place that was running most of its services on managed containerization orchestration system, ECS. And we we relied on it. We were locked into the vendor. We relied on CloudTrail. We relied on RDS. We relied on many parts of the AWS ecosystem that does not have a proper replacement anywhere else. And that brings us to our first con for switching to a smaller cloud provider. And that is features might not be available. Unavailable features are, as mentioned before, RDS. You don't get, you don't necessarily get a managed Kubernetes service. You don't necessarily get a managed load balancer. Your options for provisioning services are limited. Hesner Cloud comes with a Terraform provider, so you can spin up your instances, you can spin up your load balancers, you can get a new domain name for your service using Terraform, but you cannot, for example, just stand up an EKS cluster. You cannot stand up uh, an RDS cluster or, or a, a managed Kafka service. That is a niche preserved for the biggest providers out there because they have the capacity, they have the human resource to build those things. Hetzner Cloud does not. However, where they win is making 
the most basic building blocks of a cloud infrastructure available to a wider, a more uh, cost-conscious clientele. Another negative for Hetzner Cloud would be a limited compliance or audit trail. In AWS, you have a very robust offering of IAM providing your access control. You also have Cloud Trail. You also have Guard Duty. You can set AWS up so that uh, only the person authorized can do something. And you can have a very detailed output of what that person was doing with the cloud. That is not something that you get in Hetzner or any of the other smaller cloud providers. You would have to go to the more direct competitors of AWS, and that would be Azure and GCP. That is just not something that you get with the small clouds. However, you are also not paying for that privilege of being able to set it up. So if your use case does not require this, or because the application that you run on these services do not require that sort of scrutiny, you might be better off without them. That might be a pro for you. Limited locations also factor into the decision-making. With Amazon, you get basically any location you can want. There are multiple locations in Europe. There are so many locations in Asia and the United States. You can even choose which state you want to put your servers into, and that can influence your decision because, of course, you get lower latency the closer the servers are to your customers. However, what if you don't need such a low latency? What if you're fine with uh, multiple data centers on the American continent and multiple data centers on the European continent? Sometimes that's enough. Sometimes Germany is close enough to the United Kingdom and you don't necessarily need a London-based server farm. And conversely, in the United States, Hesner provides two data centers, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, that might be close enough to what you want. That follows the densest population centers that you are likely to be serving. And sometimes the application doesn't even need to be close to the end user because it's doing batch processing in the background. That is something. What about scaling limitations? One of the selling factors, one of the most important features of a big cloud provider is that they can give you as many servers as you can possibly want. You want two servers, you can get them. You want 100, fair game. You want 1500, you can have them via auto-scaling. There is virtually no limit on how many uh, servers, how much of the resources you can request. Of course, there are quotas and then there's limitations arbitrarily set for accounts, but you might not run into any of those. And if you do, you can just get a new uh, quota limit and you end up with a more generous allowance of servers that you can run up. The limit is not how many servers the provider has. It's not how many servers they physically have in their building. It's how many you're allowed to have. With smaller cloud providers, depending on your application, depending on your uh, business need, that might not be the case. You need to be mindful of the fact that a small cloud provider might not have 20,000 servers at, at the moment's notice. They might have them but not at a moment's notice. 
And of course, they might have different SLAs on giving you these bigger numbers. From what I've read in different discussions about Hetzner Cloud, they might take a day or two to increase your quotas. I have had personal experience having quotas increased on AWS at an hour's notice. So that's a difference there, of course. But again, what you pay for is what you pay for. Well, let's not only talk about the negatives of running things on smaller cloud providers. How about some pros that most people don't really consider? So one of them, have a think about this. When you build something on AWS, you are likely using their built-in services because that's the least amount of trouble that you can go into, such as load balancers, authentication provider, Again, managed SQL service, logging, monitoring, backups, volumes, network-based volumes. All of those things are provided by AWS and, of course, Azure as well. Consider this. By way of being forced into building all of this for yourself, if you need it, you end up with a solution that is more cloud agnostic than anything you would have probably come up with at AWS. Not necessarily the case, but you are more likely to end up with a cloud agnostic solution. And that makes these small cloud providers a good choice for, for starting out. It makes them a good choice for building demo products if your company allows that sort of compliance adherence. That could be a very important factor. That could be a very important tool in your arsenal. Not being vendor locked in is a very serious advantage when you're trying to scale a business. Start out on Headster Cloud for very cheap. Build your proof of concept there and then move it to the bigger cloud provider. Move it to a different cloud provider. That is very easy to do if you're building from the ground up and very hard to do when you're moving from big cloud to small cloud. And you might also find that some services that you thought were necessary or something you wanted are not actually necessary. Performance might be a quality of its own. You have a general idea of how fast EC2 instances can be. Many places I have been to uses containerized workloads and they run them on box standard EC2 instances. And you get the general, after a couple of months, you get the general feel for how much you have to provision to get a certain kind of performance. With Hetzner Cloud specifically, you have the option of building very fast cores and a lot of memory for very cheap. For example, I am currently looking at the Hetzner Cloud Console and a instance type called CPX41 gives you eight physical cores, 16 gigabytes of memory, 240 gigabytes of SSD, and 20 terabytes of egress traffic for 30 euros a month. For 30 euros a month. I repeat for emphasis. This is a kind of level of performance that you would have to reach into your pocket to get at AWS. Using servers that are this big for this little amount of money might cause you to architect your application in a different way to how you're used to. You might not be running six instances in each 
availability zone, you might be running too. You will find that servers do not die as often as you think they would. Having two servers instead of six, but each two server doing the same amount of work, might be the advantage that cuts down on complexity in the way you build the application that you run. And on the other end of the scale, you get, for example, uh, two AMD vCPUs with 2 gigabytes of memory, 40 gigabytes of SSD, and 20 terabytes of egress traffic for less than 5 euros a month. Do you want to build a little Nginx reverse proxy? Less than 5 euros a month. Do you want to build a, a build agent that only needs a small amount of memory because it only uses SSH and various small uh, applications? Less than 5 euros a month. If you need 8 gigabytes of memory a month and the same amount of vCPUs, although these are Intel-based, you pay 11 euros a month. That is 2 CPUs, 8 gigabytes of memory. Many of the build agents that I use are about the same size and we pay a lot more for them. And we don't get the traffic either. So in short, performance might alleviate some of the issues that you have. You might not even want to auto-scale these. You might not even have to auto-scale your instances because getting beefier, bigger instances solves the problem outright. You need to, of course, do your application and redundancies. But beyond that, why spin up six small instances when you can do two big ones for cheaper? And to recap, in this episode, we talked about going from big cloud to small cloud, or at least why it would make sense to consider doing so. Depending on your use case, whether you're a big business, a small business, or even no business at all, it might make sense to choose Hetzner or DigitalOcean, although when you start looking at the pricing, you will find that Hetzner might be the cheaper choice. Depending on your application, there might be an order of magnitude difference in the price you pay. Batch processing springs to mind. You may not have considered them before, but you might be better off on Hetzner, starting out, uh, building some specific kinds of instances, or just having them as build agents. It doesn't even have to be your main business. It doesn't even have to be your money-making product that you put there. It could be a demo site. It could be a marketing landing page or a dozen of them. It could be a dev environment or a CI/CD worker. Really, the possibilities are, well, not endless, but they are definitely wider than most people consider. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Lajos Nagy, and I am looking forward to talking to you in the next one. This is Platform Alchemy, the podcast that turns clouds into gold.